Welcome to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click Click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now November 30th for 'cast I'm your host Pam Benjamin I will be joined shortly by Latoya the sheriff of truth yes she'll be with us uh, you know exciting things happening today on the AltaCast. it's always exciting social news with a socialist bent uh, we were, we had a real fun time last night uh, celebrating bicoastally as uh, my sister in not marriage law, whatever. Jonathan's sister. Uh, the New York deputy director of the Drug Policy Alliance was quoted in Newsweek. What? <laughs> so rad. Um, she had an article that came out in the New York Times about the uh, op- opioid crisis and what's been going on. And she's quoted in Newsweek. Yay! Anyways, exciting things. Uh, so we'll read a little bit of Drug Policy Alliance news. This is actually, I mean, to start, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to also deal with the, deal with the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival submissions. There are so many now. I'm so excited. It's going to be a really daunting task to try to whittle down only 40 comics. I can only have 40 comics because uh, 25 shows in five days, it's four comics per show to be able to give them, you know, a nice amount of time on stage for every show. And I think I'm going to do something weird with the hosting. I think um, I'm not going to do it like I've done it in years past. It's Everybody who makes it on the festival is on the festival. Everyone gets three shows. Everyone gets, you know, 12 minutes. And what happened in the past is that sometimes people just wouldn't show up for their show for whatever reason. And whoever was there got the spot. I'd be like, oh, look, we're missing one. Who wants to be on? And so people would fill in. And it was really fun because everyone was just hanging out at Mutiny Radio, which I hope you will too in March, March 1st through 5th, Thursday the 1st through Monday the 5th. We're going to be having 25 shows in five days here at Mutiny Radio. And it's going to be really good because the comedians are so good. <laughs> There's Some of them are so good that are applying. Hunter Donaldson just applied from Portland. 
and he was on it last year. And when I got his submission, I was like, wow, do, 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 do. like he was one of my favorite people from last year. Absolutely. So, so funny. So a uh, year later, I'm excited to see what's happening with his comedy, his art, his work, if you will. Speaking of art, I'm excited because my buddy Tim Pizza, as you guys might know from Some Call Me Tim or from Pervert Fervor, he has a new website called Tim's Tesseract. Uh, If you know what a tesseract is, that is from the books, remember A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, the tesseract. Uh, So I am writing a new story there called Jane Six. There's some amazing stuff on this website. There's uh, sci-fi horror pictures, pitches, Ask a Jedi, galactic table talk with the bear exoskeleton contessa. <laughs> Lizard caught your tongue? Horoscopia, which is um, horoscopes that are horrifying. Travel and tourism, Willy Bad Movies, uh, W-I-L-L-Y, Bad Movies, The Lost, TNG Scenes, Pervert Fervor, and uh, wonderful things. So go check out some of the weird, cool stuff. You can get the newsletter. It's called Tim's Tesseract. So go and uh, read my new story. I think he's going to be publishing one a week. They're real short, uh, but the story is basically about uh, the year 2222 post water wars in San Francisco. And uh, Jane Six lives on the 1000. Uh, 16th floor of the Ten Lawn, and uh, there are no lawns. <laughs> Anyways, they, uh, women have to make choices in this futuristic world uh, if they want to be a sexer, a breeder, or a host. And so we're going to go through the the life of Jane Six here episodically. I think one a week about what happens to Jane. What does she choose? What is her friend Kimmy12? What happens there? It's going to be. It's exciting to be writing fiction again. I haven't done it for a long time. So it's good to be doing that again. Because I used to do it every day. And I forgot. It's it's like I, I'm only doing This is my second day. Ooh, I woke up and I wrote another short story. Ooh. But I used to do this like in my early 30s. I wrote at least... 750 words a day and I when I was writing my novel I was like I have to write 3,000 words a day you know for six weeks and then there it was that I had a novel Boop-a-doo. but uh, you get I mean it I have I haven't done it in such a long time I mean I, I guess I haven't even really I haven't written any fiction since graduate school and I mean I graduated with the fiction degree in 2010 so and I really got into the poetry for those last two years so I wasn't even writing fiction um, in those last two years of graduate school, I was specific, specifically writing poetry. And I haven't written fiction in a really, really long time, but it wasn't hard to get back to. It's kind of like riding a bike. I haven't ridden a bike in a really long time either. I can't remember the last time I rode a bike, actually. Uh, let me read uh, a little bit from, this is from The Hill. This is, opioids became a crisis because they kill so many white Americans. It's by Cassandra Federic and Melissa Moore, con- uh, opinion contributors. Uh, this is from The Hill. I'm going to turn this down so we can. 
The United States is in the midst of an epidemic-level crisis of overdoses, one that's accelerating each year. Nationally, overdose rates have now surpassed motor vehicle accidents as the leading cause of injury-related death in the country. In 2016, the overdose death toll in the U.S. surpassed American deaths during the entire Vietnam War and lives lost at the peak of the, then, the, peak of the AIDS crisis, with an estimated 59,000 people succumbing to overdose. This is far from the first time that problematic substance use has a devastating impact on communities across the country. But our response is distinctly different than during previous eras. Heroin, cocaine, and other substances have never, have never discriminated, but it's clear our policy response certainly has. Throughout the 1970s, heroin overdoses ravaged Harlem and other cities that were facing deindustrialization, disinvestment, and demographic upheaval. The response was harsh pol- policing and the Rockefeller drug laws in New York, which established draconian mandatory, sen- mandatory minimum sentences that were then adopted across the country. Absent from policymakers' rubric was consideration of the well-being of the people with substance abuse disorder. In the 1980s and 90s, communities that were decimated by a lack of economic opportunity experienced the brunt of what became defined as the crack era. Again, our country deployed law enforcement and prisons to interact with people experiencing deep trauma and medical issues, negating any public health dimension with the response. Instead, the Senate enacted enhanced penalties for people who sell small amounts of drugs and sentencing disparities of 100 to 1 for crack versus powdered cocaine. Now, with the overdose crisis becoming a mainstream conversation, there has been a shift in the narrative. When prior drug problems were seen as affecting primarily communities of color, government intervention focused on increasing policing and criminalization. Current policy responses, now that predominantly white suburban or rural communities are perceived, are perceived as the hardest hit by overdose, invoke a distinctly public health response, a kinder, gentler approach that has politicians proclaiming, we can't arrest our way out of this problem. There is a widespread and growing recognition that policies that deny people's basic humanity, separates families and rip apart communities, do nothing but stem the tide of overdose or support public health. Yet the ripple effects of criminalization approach in terms of lack of infrastructure and frameworks for treatment haunt us in the current crisis. Naloxone, the drug that can reverse an opioid overdose, was approved by the FDA in 1970. But it wasn't widely deployed into the mid-2000s and is just getting into the hands of first responders in the last several years. It is absolutely devastating to consider how many lives could have been saved over the last 40 years if the people were dying of overdose in the 70s had mattered enough to policymakers to elicit a compassionate response. Likewise, rural and suburban communities are feeling the impact of opioids dramatically and reeling from the lack of sufficient access to treatment programs. Because drug problems were seen as an issue that only affected other communities, methadone, buprenorphine, and other gold standard therapies for opioid use were seen as a stain on the community and programs to be blocked out. Now communities are clamoring for effective treatment options and providers are scrambling to establish care 
life-giving facilities. We cannot afford to let this momentum of compassion remain skin deep. Parallel to the tide of compassionate response across the country, we've also seen a push for wrong-headed drug-induced homicide laws that again trade in dangerous stereotypes. We must truly be vigilant as this federal administration and policymakers in state houses and city halls try to claw their way back to punitive approaches on the war on drugs. Caring rhetoric must be backed up by implementing the full range of evidence-based solutions that can save lives and ensuring that all communities have access to responsive treatment options. The opioid epidemic has underscored what we have always known about drug use and misuse. Addiction is not specific to a racial group or economic class, but the effects of supposedly race-neutral or colorblind drug policy have had a disparate impact on communities of color. Congress needs new thinking in drug policy that owns that truth and atones for the harm done. Cassandra Federique is the New York State Director at the Drug Policy Alliance. Melissa Moore is the New York State Deputy Director at the Drug Policy Alliance. Knowledge! Knowledge! Well, Melissa Moore is killing it. So exciting. Uh, and, I'm, I mean, she's doing a great job out there and changing, changing lives with drug policy change. Super cool. Uh, you can go check out the Drug Policy Alliance. Go check out her... Um, she is a really pretty um, face. Not that prettiness has anything to do with anything, but um, her headshot on Drug Policy Alliance, it's lovely. So I'll read you guys her. Uh, Melissa Moore brings more than a decade of experience managing media and campaign strategy for progressive nonprofits focused on criminal justice reform, immigrant rights, poverty, community-led international development, and resource rights. Throughout her career, Melissa has worked towards social change by bridging policy analysis and targeted campaigns with the direct engagement. First, as a part of the Economic and Social Human Rights Program, at Incident at Institute for Food and Development on Policy Food First, and then as Communications Director for the Oakland Institute, and as Media Outreach Coordinator for the Opportunity Agenda. I haven't heard of any of these things. Uh, she has trained advocates across the country and internationally on effective communication, helping activists leverage their voices and learn how to best target key audiences to move campaigns and policy forward to make a lasting impact. Her work has also included guiding uh, editor, gu guiding messaging development and framing on a wide range of issues. In tandem with her nonprofit roles, Melissa served as an award-winning editor with 10 Speed Press at Division of Random House. A graduate of the University of Berkeley, California, or California Berkeley, Melissa's experiences growing up in Los Angeles and seeing firsthand the devastation wrought by the war on drugs motivated her to join the Drug Policy Alliance. Cool! Well, that was her bio. Uh, I'm trying to look for the article in the New York Times, and I can't find it. So, I suck. Jonathan was supposed to send it to me, because he found it last night on his phone but I cannot find it. Um, so, Drug Policy Alliance, yay! You are listening to the AltaCast. Latoya's gonna be here at 12.30, so what we should do instead, because I can't talk anymore. I'm hurting myself and my voice. Uh, 
I just can't. I've, I've been coughing all, all week. Sorry. Uh, but I am going to play some comedy submissions. Hell yeah! Because I can just relax and sit back and decide who's going to be in this crazy thing. It's a, Thank God Steve Poggi is coming to visit so he can help because I need help! Uh, enjoy Cope for a minute while I get this all together. Sweet. Cast. Gonna play some video submissions and see what's up. The first one I got in, unfortunately, she had no video link, so I gotta email her. This is Edsel Mack from Stage. How the fuck are you guys doing? Hello, bitches. This is some pretty people. Nice, nice, nice. So um, I do like to, as I'm about to start, and I, I have a confession, people. I'm not really a, a comedian as much as I am a storyteller, so. So strap your fucking seatbelts on, because it's going to get a little naughty up in here. So um, where are my gays? Where's my gays? See, gays, you should have fucking done me right when I came out here. You should have been up screaming. You should have been out of your seat. Dick should have been whipped out and spun like fucking helicopter blades. There should have been two queers in the back lighting their farts on fire like some sick, fucked up Siegfried and Roy show. I could feel the heat from up here. Fuck. Okay, he's got I'm a laughing fed, I mean, Four gays left already. This is disappointing, people. Fuck, fuck, fuck. My name is um, Etzel. I, uh, I go by Etzel the Mac. Um, um, the Hobgoblin of Dick. Um, El Bandito de Pito for the Telemundo crowd. Um, <laughs> that's some funny shit. El Bandito de Pito. So, um, before we get into my set, um, I was here for the previous show, and I forget sometimes. I think I'm so obviously gay, and I, I forget that um, among some people, I kind of blend in like a high yellow in the South, like in the 20s. And. and um, and I, it's, a, it's a statement of revolution. I choose not to blend in, but I don't know if I need to wear like a I heart cock shirt or, or like a, a park it in the rear leather vest. And I was standing over here as this really beautiful, attractive woman with the hugest tits walks by and I said, God damn. Cause I'm gay, I'm not fucking blind. But I didn't realize the game of double dutch that I was starting to play, and I, I didn't realize I hopped on that train. And so she stops right behind me, and I can sense it like a fucking predator behind me. And I'm literally standing there like this. And I'm like, not like this, maybe. I should have fucking did this, I realize that. But I'm doing this, and I shit you not, she grazes her titties against my elbow. 
and I'm like, this is my fault. I fucking start. I initiated this fucked up game. And so I'm like, <laughs> super uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, I'll put my hand down. <laughs> and those titties found my elbow again. Like a fucking elbow honing pigeon for titties. <sighs> I'm glad you guys thought that was funny. Um, it was a true story, though. So um, I'm from Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, originally. <laughs> And um, naturally, being from Sonoma County, my mother chain smokes marijuana like truckers do crank. And I don't mind it so much. I grew up around it. I don't really smoke myself, except for my cataracts, but um, just occasionally. But when your mother chain smokes it, like a two-pack-a-day habit, it's a little different. And I don't mind it. It's just the ridiculous shit that bitch says when she's really, really high. <laughs> I can call her bitch, I know her well. Thank, thank you. A couple of you know some bitches like that too. So this bitch is sitting there. I said it, I said that shit. Happy fucking Mother's Day, bitch. This is what this bitch said. So she's sitting across from me on the couch and she goes, <clears throat> ride a giant Galapagos land tortoise. Where the fuck do you come up with this shit? What the fuck am I supposed to do with that information, people? And I try to not, I try to not even engage in the shit, and my brother, who is equally as intelligent, is sitting across from her, and he actually starts to argue with her. It's like, well, why don't you get, like, a, a snapping turtle? And she's like, I don't want a snapping turtle. It might try to bite me. And I feel like I'm refereeing a boxing match at the Special Olympics. And my aunt, who actually has special needs, is in the kitchen making a hand sandwich. And... True story. You can't make this shit up. And she takes a big bite and goes... You motherfuckers are retarded. It's a true story. Can't make this shit up. So I'm sure you guys would have guessed by now. Um, naturally, I'm a middle school teacher. <laughs> yes. So by day, molding young minds. By night, on the hunt for Red October. That's a big black sub full of semen. Ooh. Ooh, I'll take some ooze. I'll take some ooze. Ooze are better than silence, bitches. Preferably driven by Denzel Washington. Even if Gene Hackman's there watching, I don't give a fuck. So, you movie buffs, you are dying right now. Fucking nerds. So I'm in my classroom, and the fact that I'm gay gets brought up the other day, or at least I thought it was. And, um... You see, my, my school is broken up. Each grade is broken up into teams, and they're named after, after colleges, and I teach all the grades. Um, so one of my sixth graders stands up, and he's like, Mr. Mack, what team are you on? <laughs> right? She had the correct reaction, people. That, that audible gasp is what I did in my asshole puckered. <laughs> and I went... <sighs> 
I confess, people, I went to a fucking dark place. For just a few, just a moment, I'm like, what fucking Jesus freak parent set this little shit up for this? I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm not going down like that. I'm not a fucking punk. Locking that door. I'm donkey punching one of these bitches at a time. Taking two of the Spanish-speaking mijos. We're hopping in my fucking scion. One to use as collateral, one to translate. We're halfway to fucking Mexico. Before these little shits come to, or anybody realizes what's fucking going on. I know. Thank you. And then, fuck, reality set in. I calmed down and I, I realized, fuck, he means what, what team I'm on. And they don't realize that I teach all the teams. So I go, well, I'm just being silly. I'm like, well, what team do you think I'm on? And they go, you're a bear. <laughs> Which amongst, amongst my people, I am a bear. A little fake corn fed. A little fur. I'm a bear. So I start shitting myself laughing. And as a result, they think they guessed it. So one by one, 40 of these little bastards pops up and goes, You are a bear! We got it! Mr. Mac is a bear! He's a bear! And again, this is a true story. And fuck, if I ever make it big, I'm going to lose my job over this anyway. So I just go with it. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, you know what? I am a bear. We're all bears. And you know what we should do? One weekend out of every summer, we should all get together with just other bears and just lounge around. Go up to the river and just only hang out with other bears and just be super lazy. I mean, gee, we could call it Lazy Bear Weekend. Those fuckers lost their shit. Yes! <laughs> and I can make this up. The other sixth grade team, mm, the Oregon Beavers. <laughs> so I said, and absolutely no beavers allowed. They are wet. They are smelly. And they still are wood. Obviously, there's the clap break. Wow, funny guy. Hey, she's here. Here, yay. So you had to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Go get some BC. Are, is it because yeah. you're sicky? You're you gotta get the special. Oh, well, I got birth control, but I am still oh. feeling a little bit ill. Yeah. That I'm not going to go to the doctor for. I will. Well, just... you were already there. Don't you just say oh, like, I hey, I'm there. Lady, lady doctor, I should say. But she didn't. She she's a regular doctor too. She wasn't like, oh, are you okay? You get a little stuffy in your throat or whatever. Well, she I didn't mean, even she say. She could anything. only give me like birth control. Take it, they're doctors. They can give you anything. They can give you anything. Not with the insurance I have. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that's the fun stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 six, it's, it's, it's six seasons. So everybody's it's six season. Yeah, everybody's got right it. now. Well, I actually I'm gonna go burn it out of myself. I leave on Sunday to go to Mexico, Mexico. for ten, yeah, ten days. And I learned that Cabo 
San Lucas actually is sunny 320 days out of the year, average. So I'm really hoping that it's like super sunny and awesome. And if it's not, I honestly don't give a fuck. You're not going to wear a lot of clothes. That's cool. No, I I don't think we'll be wearing (laughs) a lot of clothes. And the good thing is, you know, you'll be well by the time you get on the flight. Right. Well, and I did this thing where um, Virgin does this new thing where you can bid for an upgrade. So I did this. I didn't tell Jonathan. He doesn't listen to the show anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, But I put in a bid to get bumped up to first class on our way back. So, but I only bid $150 a ticket. That's the least you can bid. You can bid from 200, uh, from 150 to 255. I'm not, which is less than the upgrade anyway. But I'm not going to spend more than 150. So, if they accept the bid, they'll charge me. But if they don't accept the bid, they don't charge me. So it's no big deal. Like it's I don't, right. I can't lose anything. But if I get, if we get chosen and we get to be in first class on the way home, on it'll Virgin be, Airlines it'll too. be the best. Like it's a two and a half hour flight. It would. Jonathan would freak out. It'll be like my Christmas present to him. Free be champagne. Like, I'll free all, all this stuff. All this stuff. And not, we don't want to do it on the way there because we're going to be so excited and we wouldn't care anyways. But right. on the way back, if we're just like, you know. Tired and lounging. Right. And we get to be in first class and on stuff. It would be amazing. So I'm really hoping, fingers oh, crossed, man. that Virgin America. Because then I, how many, uh, you know, headphones can I bring back? Exactly. You know what? That's usually what I do too when I fly, fly them. They're they're my favorite airline. Absolutely, they really are. And that first class, ooh. I've never been. We've neither one of us has ever flown first class. So if it happens, I'm gonna be super stoked. Dude, you, oh, you're gonna live like kings and queens for those two hours. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I, the, the chairs are like really big and comfortable. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if I we'll see if I get it. And it is for me. It's like a kind of a crazy like $150 a ticket what would you want to do that but the flight was so cheap I mean the tickets were only like $150 anyway so yeah I know that's why so this is when we like to go out of town every year and it's called Moss Thanks it's the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas where Virgin American flights are the cheapest so last year we went and visited his sister and right got the New York New Jersey things and then uh, this year we're gonna go to Los Cabos and uh so I'm super stoked. Where are you guys staying? At an Airbnb that I found that has like um, a saltwater pool and we have our own <laughs> yes. private like balcony area and it's yeah. this big, I'm really excited. There's a big kitchen that's like a group kitchen, but I'm, I don't know if other people are going to be there or not. It's like a bunch of cabanas that are in this one like group or whatever. So I have no idea how it's going to be. But the pictures look amazing and I'm just like, I'm so excited. I'm so jelly. And you're going to be gone for a week, right? 10 days. 10 days. So I'm actually going to be missing two AltaCasts. So it's up to you if you would like to do them. It is up to me. It's up to you. Dun, dun, Completely dun. up to you. If you don't want to do it, no big deal. We can take a two-week break. If you want to do it, great. Whatever you Which want. means I won't be seeing... Well, I leave on the 18th, so I will oh, see yeah. you. Oh, yeah. You'll see I'll me. I'll see you. Yeah, because I'm back on the 13th. It's not... I'm not, like, leaving forever. So it's you probably will want to stay yeah. forever. Well, I mean, kind of, but I'm going to... I mean, things are so crazy with the, um, with the festival. I just won't... I, I'm going to come back and hit the ground running. It's going to be like, okay, just work, 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 work. Get it all just all the ducks in a row to just launch in January with all the PR and stuff and uh, oh uh, Steve Poggi's on his way here on a plane Yay. and he actually wanted me to tell you something so I have Steve to Poggi. I have to um, old dumb face old dumb face comes in today at like 4.15 as plane lands and he wrote me a text and he's like I got through the airport and security in four minutes 
He's like, I'm a fucking doctor. Okay, so this is what he said. He said, got through airport security in four minutes like a goddamn doctor. My flight is going to land uh, 4.45, some, whatever, whatever. Uh, Uber, Bart, blah, blah, blah. Now, here's what he says about uh, Telatoya. The one time I'm fucking flying, we might be delayed because cock-sucking Trump came to the St. Charles Convention Center. Oh, man. Basically seven minutes from my house. Explain what Fuck. that means. What does that mean? The St. Charles Convention Center is, it's a, St. Charles is a suburb out, uh, in Sa- outside St. Louis where a f- bunch of fucking stupid Trump supporters. And so what it means, what it means is he basically probably got caught up in traffic and shit on his way to the goddamn airport because yeah. of his orange fat fucking ass. I hate that guy. But the, but the good thing is, Steve Poggi will be here. Yes. And Trump will be in STL. Great. Wonderful. Sad. Yeah. I, he's going to... I'm really excited that he's... Um, and he'll be staying at your crib, right? Right. He is going... He's cat-sitting. Yeah, he's, he's cat-sitting for... Um, uh, for my for me, for my buddy, for Spike. And uh, I mean, I started writing things down today because I'm like... Yeah, ten, we're gonna be on for ten days. ten days, and there's a lot of like rules that old dumbface isn't gonna want to abide by. Like, <laughs> we're not allowed to smoke in my building. It's just a thing. And if you do, the the neighbors end up finding out, and then they tell the building manager. Okay. Because, and you're not even allowed to smoke in the backyard. We have to smoke in front of the building for whatever reason. I don't understand, but whatever. It's a rule. I'm fine with it. You smoke pot inside, no big deal. But the cigarette smoke, I think because it like... It lingers. It lingers. It lingers and, and it, yeah. And Which is, you know what? The thing is, I think that's cool because I didn't... When I was a smoker, I didn't want to smoke in my apartment either because I, I don't want the stench. Well, I don't want to smoke like with the cat. I don't want him to smoke inside with the cat either. So it's kind of like... Because I don't want the cat breathing all the secondhand smoke and he already smokes enough pot smoke on his own. <laughs> the cat. So I'm fine. I'm fine with weed. Just no, no. But we're just afraid that... Oh, dumb face. I know. He has, I mean, well, and the other, there was last year when he took care of the kitty when I was at um, Mike Scott's wedding and it was New Year's and I get a phone call at five in the morning on New Year's Day from my building manager, Terry, saying, Spike's out. Spike's downstairs. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, what? And I guess Steve had been so drunk that he like left the door open or something. Oh, no. And so, yeah, there was weirdness. And I was like, I don't know. So she picked him up and put him back in the apartment. It was no big deal because she has keys. So no big deal. But I was like, what did you, what are you, what is happening? Spike's downstairs? How would he, he doesn't even, I can't imagine him walking down all four flights of stairs either. Wow. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that that's that was old, old dumb face. Old, old dumb old, face. Old, yeah. old dumb face. But just recently he was in the hospital. Wait, what? Okay, so he is on my show this Friday, which is uh, Broken, Comedic Stories of Physical Trauma. It's going to be this Friday, 8 o'clock. He's got a news on story. On Pamtastics. Yeah, here, I'll show you the picture because he sent it to me and I put it on the thing. So the comedians on this show, it's going to be actually, if you guys want to come to a show, it's a stellar lineup. Um, three of my favorite comedians are on it. Uh, Steve Poggi, Chris Knatzer, and Natasha Muse. All of them headliners in their own right. Steve Poggi just coming off of his, he was headlining, was he in Alabama last week headlining? I don't remember. But he called me. He's like, yeah, I'm doing two shows tonight. So we did two 50-minute shows on on a Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Anyways, so he's a real headliner in his own right. Chris Kanatsar, obviously, completely hilarious person. And Natasha Muse has been in it forever, and she's 
headlines all over the place. So anyways, that's this Friday. It's going to be a great show. And this is the picture of Poji. I, it is so hard to, to see all posts. I want to see the damn picture. There it is. So it says, just in time for this Friday's show, Steve Poji in a hospital gown. So you can see he's got a little cuff on there. There he is. Definitely has that sort of new skin head haircut not the most flattering angle of the poge i'm like why are you in the hospital himself? yeah he took it to selfie it's a hospital selfie. hospital selfie what the fuck did he do i have no idea but we'll probably find I'll out about find it out. this uh hopefully it has nothing to do with cars because i remember the story he oh, told God, yeah. uh talked about with him uh uh running into something in his vehicle oh, yeah. when he was when he got a DUI they didn't DUI. he never got charged for because he just was like I just sold you too he ran into a parked cars on a, on a parking uh, lot. Uh, it's it in felony a- funny but that wasn't even the felony the felony was the breaking and entering he never got in trouble at all for being drunk and driving his car and into hitting cars. two into two parked new cars so yeah, they had to trash lot, the cars right. it was a car lot uh, crazy, right? Uh, but so this this Friday, it's going to be comics tell story of broken bones and trauma. Three minute audience stories encouraged during the show. So if you have had any, we know that there'll be a story from Scotto of Flat Black Plastic for when he was skateboarding and just fell and broke his broke his leg in like 12 places. It was crazy. And um, hopefully my buddy, uh, Chef Robert, will be here to tell the story of how the Hummer hit him and flayed his leg open. Oh my God. And he wasn't supposed to ever walk again. He's oh. lucky to be alive, but none of his arteries were, his, his, basically his Jesus. leg just opened up like a pinata. Oh my God. And, but they put it all back together because surgeons are amazing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But so we're gonna encourage audience stories and then also the comedians will be telling stories. Do you have any of, of yourself? Well, I mean, I would have to say that spitting the skateboard story and spitting out the teeth is pretty that's pretty gnarly. that was pretty gnarly um Oof. and i mean i'll probably put that picture up on this today and be like look here's me when i busted my chin open because uh, the <laughs> teeth but i mean I, my other broken bones are like i've had my nose broken four times How i mean i guess i could tell i just what? jonathan wouldn't like the story if i told for when, when i was a whore if i told a story about how my nose got broken during sex and i let him finish Wait, yeah what? i took his t-shirt <laughs> I took his T-shirt and I let him finish. Wait a minute. Because we were facing each other, right? Because she's laughing really hard. It is. I guess it's a funny story. But I was having sex with a dude, and um, I know I'm so glad that Jonathan doesn't listen to the Altacast, right? This is years ago. This is like eight years ago, right? This is old news. Nine. This is old news. Like nine years ago. I've been with Jonathan for four years, coming up Christmas. But before that, I mean, I slept with people in San Francisco. I don't know what to tell you. You gotta do I what mean, you gotta you do. Gotta I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't know. I don't think about it. Whatever. But so we like came at each other and my nose ran into his like clavicle bone just like really hard. And my nose, it hurt really bad. And my nose just started bleeding. Just It was just like oh gushing blood. And I was like, ah, and he, hand, he gave me a t-shirt and uh, he was like, can I finish? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. I Because I was wasted. Oh my God. And already bleeding all over his thing. I was like, all right, wow. yeah. Wow. So I let him Wow, finish. that yeah. guy's dead to me. Yeah. 
can I finish? Yeah, oh, yeah. how polite. Yeah, right. Oh, here's, a, here's my T-shirt. Here's my Hanes white T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I you think l- it was, and I think I can even remember what the T-shirt looked like. It looks like there's one of them in this box. It's not exact, but it had like, it was like a baseball T-shirt, kind of a yellow sleeves, kind of quarter inch, <laughs> qu- quarter quarter sleeves, you know? And then like that, the white the white on the front. I remember, I remember very vivid. Even though I was drunk, that sobered me up real quickly when you break your nose. Damn, did you have to go to the hospital or? No, I mean, my nose has been, that was the third time I broke my nose. The fourth time was the last skateboard accident, not the teeth, but the one after. And I just like landed on my face. And, that was a um, couple years ago, wasn't it? I think. Well, it was. It was the weekend before Michelle Ryder got married. So I'm gonna say it was two years ago. Two years ago. Because they got married in like November, October or November of two years ago. I can't remember. Ugh. It was a fun wedding though. But it was weird. I had to wear a lot of makeup because I had like two black eyes. Because when you break your nose, it's like your eyes just you just get black eyes. <laughs> so I mean, so I have a lot of stories of broken stories of trauma. But I might even just sort of forgive. Not just not even I don't I'm in a host definitely but I don't know if I'm gonna do my own story because I mean it just it depends on the audience members that want to participate like if there's enough audience members that want to tell stories I'm not gonna waste everybody's time with my stupid stories because theirs are probably I mean better well not better just I think it's gonna be an interesting show because we're asking the audience to also be a part of the performance which that I haven't is, really done before that is that's a good one you should share yeah with the, I, I just Jonathan oh wait Jonathan will be in the audience damn He'll it the audience. well and one well, so and so we'll see but it's fine it's like, well the good thing is the podcast world knows now yeah the podcast yeah, world knows now because they really I know they really pay attention I think they, I haven't broken any bones knock on wood yeah, yeah. but I did fall up the stairs yeah. drunk and I got this dimple in my face now is that, that what that was falling up the stairs? Yeah, falling up the that, stairs. See, now, the only time that's ever happened to a friend of mine was my buddy Megan, the Meeks, and she fell up the stairs because someone had roofied her drink. Oh, man. We were at that's the we were at the, a place called the Jewel Box, in, and it's a seedy, seedy bar in uh, in uh, San Diego. I don't know if it still exists. I'm sure it does. But it's so funny because one time a, one of the drunks ran into the wall and like totally took out the wall and they had to rebuild it. It was funny. It's a jewel box. <laughs> um, but we were there and we were having fun and I was drinking a weird drink. It was, um, they didn't have root beer schnapps. I was, I was weird. I liked this sort of root beer schnapps and ginger ale. I think I was drinking. Oh. There was a weird thing I was drinking. Um, and, but when they made it, I tasted it and I didn't, I didn't like it. I was like, ugh, ugh, something's Special wrong here. It was like, it was like whiskey. I wanted it to be whiskey and root beer, but they didn't have root beer. So it was like root beer schnapps and ginger. Anyways, it was a weird drink. Yikes. But I take, took a sip of it and I was like, ugh, I don't like this. And Megan was like, well, you know, I'll drink it. So, and we made a joke when we went outside at one point. We left our drinks and we didn't cover them or worry about them. And I'm like, yeah, right. Like someone's going to drug us here. Like, what oh. are they going to, oh, I welcome your drugs. I made like a kind of a cheeky joke about right. it, right? We go outside to smoke. We come back in and oh. I, I taste of a drink. And I was like, eh, I don't really want it. And so she was like, I'll drink it. So she drinks her drink and my drink. And then we proceed to go to this other thing. And suddenly she's just not, it starts raining outside. Things are weird. We met some other friends and our buddy Jin, and she is incapacitated. She falls up the stairs where, I mean, I was kind of wasted. And I kept thinking like, we've only had like, what we have, we barely had anything to drink. 
And then we figured out, we were like, they roof, they roofied our drinks. And she had double roofie. Because she drank hers oh, and mine. And yours. Yeah. Shit. So she got all like super passy outy and things were crazy. She fell up the stairs and then our buddy ended up driving her car and he was sober because she obviously could not drive her car anywhere. And on the way home, we got in some crazy accident like the the tire blew. Something happened to the person in front of us and then there was us and he drove really well, but we still, something happened and we had to get up. The car was like broken. We had to get off and we were at some hospital and people had to come pick us up with a cab. It was crazy and the, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy night That's and it was so raining. And she was all fucked up. And uh, and we were like, we, we told the cops when they came, this is her car, he's driving, he's sober. We think that she got roofied. And uh, it was just... That sounds like a... It was a crazy night. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the rain made it all the way worse, but... Yeah. That was a dark ass night. It was a dark ass night. It was. Ow. It was a dark ass night. See, the good thing is, this is why if you're a woman, you got to be careful with the cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. And then watch out after each other, too. Absolutely watch out for each other. Well, you got to have a buddy. I mean, if you're... I, I mean, now I have a, a boyfriend. But even when I, when I go out alone... I'm not scared, I, but I but I pay attention to my drinks in front of me. I don't ever, and I mostly only go to benders. So I would I would never no one would ever do that there because everyone not no I know work. but everyone's so vigilant like all of the bartenders are vigilant and everybody's cool like yeah I, don't I know, still so. trust no one right trust no one trust, trust no, no one. one dun 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 uh so. What else is going on this week? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, Thanksgiving's over. Now we're yeah. into the holiday season. I think I ate 7,000 calories on Thanksgiving. 7,000? I think I, <laughs> I tried you? to put it together. <laughs> well, it was... Give, give me the rundown of what you had. Right. So I made, in the morning, the first thing I made was the apple pie. And it was like, perfect. But here's the thing. It was just for me and Jonathan. So I made way too much stuffing. I probably made twice as much as I needed. I didn't, and mashed potato, I made three huge potatoes into mashed potatoes with butter and and stuff, and, and then all this uh, stuffing, too much stuffing, and I love stuffing. And then um, I made just a chicken, which we still haven't finished the damn chicken. I tried to eat some last night, the cat's been eating it too. So there's, there's the pie and the, and the um, artichokes and Ooh, asparagus, yeah. which we still haven't eaten all the asparagus, and then the cheese plate. We had three different kinds of cheeses. We had a, four different kinds. We had a goat gouda, um, like a midnight moon, but a little different. Yum, um, yum. A goat cheddar, a truffle. A, it was a cheap milk truffle cheese, I think. And then um, there was one more kind of cheese. Oh, and then the San Andre triple cream brie. So the, we had, and then we had all these little, we had these little nuts that were candied with stuff. And, and it was crazy. But the thing that, and then with the whipped cream with the pie. But I had a piece of pie, and then like we ate, and then we stopped eating, and then I ate more later, and then <laughs> so the last piece of pie that I ate, and I've been eating the cheese all day. I ate so much cheese. Jonathan barely ate any of the cheese. I ate a cheese lot of cheese, a lot of cheese. And so after my second piece of pie, and it was a good sized piece, uh, I moaned. I sat on the sofa and I was moaning. I was like, Ugh! Oh no. I- Holding my stomach, holding, holding my poor little belly, trying to survive, just moaning and whining. Poor Jonathan, he ended up going to sleep, and I tried to stay up till till I could survive laying down. It was bad. Like I couldn't, nothing was. And then because I ate so much stodgy food, like I, I, 
wouldn't come out. I couldn't put oh, that too cheese much blockage too. Too, I had the blockage. I couldn't. Nothing was coming, coming out. out. <laughs> nothing was going. So, and it, the gas was just building and building and building. And so I did my grandfather's old trick, which is baking soda in a glass of warm water, and you just pound it, and it does something. And I finally could go to sleep. But I mean, I felt like the next day I didn't eat anything until like on Friday. I didn't eat for a long. Probably, I probably didn't eat until like eight at night even because I, I needed to fart like 12 times before <laughs> I could eat before I could put anything in my body again I just couldn't anything so I had to figure out like how many calories did I eat and it was a lot I'm gonna guess about 7,000 so that is what about three days worth of calories probably yeah I, I mean I don't even 500 maximum correct yeah I, I don't know how much I yeah, eat a day yeah I think it's 2,500 maximum a day so yeah, you had yeah, three I, days. I had three days worth of food. Uh, but <laughs> and I bet you you were happy when that shit came out. Oh literally. well, <laughs> finally. Well, I, that was the other thing is that because I didn't really use any jalapenos in Thanksgiving because it's just not like there was there was nothing spicy basically. So I'm eating like non-spicy leftovers for days, and that's what I usually rely on. I'm sorry, all the cats listeners, if you're like the thing that makes me poo <laughs> is spicy foods, and I'm addicted to them because. They make my body feel like, like clean I would your system out. I would rather have liquid poo and then have like no not poo. be able to poo at all. I agree. I, so I agree. Cause now that's just I'm, waste. I'm just back on the train, baby. Dude. Dude. I, I actually, I overdid it myself. I had some people over and I, um, had a cheese plate, which I still have like a bunch of cheeses left. It's like mixed with manchego and Ooh. gouda and oh, I haven't had manchego in a while. English cheddar. Oh yeah. Um, and then I did a turkey. I did a ham. Whoa. I did a uh, cauliflower au gratin, which was fucking delicious. Awesome. I did a Brussels sprouts with turnips with roasted uh, with roasted turnips uh, with bacon bits. Wow. Uh, I did mashed potatoes. I did. I did anything else? How many people did you have over? Here's the thing. I thought I was going to expect more. Yeah. Only like maybe about six people came. That's but cooking for six is, is quite a bit, especially it at Thanksgiving. Is, but I overdid it yeah, thinking no, like it was going to be like last year where I had like at least like 10, 12 people. Right. And I ended up having to, well, most of the leftovers I used, I, oh, I made oyster stuffing too. Wow. Um, but I ended up having to throw the ham away. What? I threw that away on Monday because it was, it was, I ate a big, I ate a lot of it. Right. So, but I was disappointed that I couldn't finish it. Sure. Um, I end up with the turkey. I made a homemade turkey pot pie with fresh nice. vegetables, which was good. good. Um, the carcass was, I, I killed the turkey pretty much. Um, and then I end up having to throw some of my stuffing away because I burnt it oh. on Sunday. Gotcha. When you were reheating. Reheating yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, but I took breaks. Friday, I didn't leave the house at all because I was just eating. We didn't leave the house Saturday. We came mm-hmm. back because, but Friday I had the shows here and I had some other things. And actually, Jonathan was a prince. He let me go out after the show here. Um, so I, I had to host happy hour on Friday and, uh, and then host the show. So I 
had a fun time. I mean, I ate some pot food or whatever. I just wasn't drinking. But after the show, I was like, I really wanted to go to karaoke at Bender's and, and, and start drinking again. And Jonathan let me. So we went because he never, he's always like so tired on a Friday. He just wants to go to bed. But he was like, no, 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 we'll stay out. We'll stay out. And so I got to sing two songs of karaoke at uh, Bender's and I had a really good time. Did you end up shitting that day? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Um... No, it's been, it's been, it's been a rough week. Like I, but I sort of forgive myself around these Christmassy times. Like there, I'm eating a lot of food and I don't usually do that, but I've been trying to compensate for it. Like, um, yesterday I just, I had an extra hour. So instead of taking the bus, I walked nice and I was, know. I was going to walk here this morning, but I, I had to write my story. So I didn't have time. Um, but I've been trying to like just balance it out walk a lot more and not take the bus well the good thing is in Cabo you'll you'll be out in the water and doing a bunch right. of stuff I, I hope that we'd swim a lot and yeah stuff like that you'll most definitely be really active I, I hope so I mean I would like to be I mean I'd like to be mellow for part of it but I'd also like to be active in a really pretty place and the you know the sea life there is really amazing and I love the fishies and the you're gonna snorkel things. You? yeah absolutely do that shit because the Sea of Cortez side has no waves oh. the Pacific side is good for surfing but because it's at the bottom there you can hit both really you can go to the Pacific side down by the Cabo San Lucas or where we are which is up in Los Cabos we're on kind of like the Cortezy thing and there's even a sort of a bay kind of area so I, I mean I've never been down there so i'm kind of I've excited never been. To... i've never been to mexico oh i love mexico oh fucking man. love mexico that's gonna be one good christmas yeah well but we'll be back before christmas i mean it, it's just it's gonna be it's gonna be i'm just excited that it's gonna be a, a vacation and jonathan and i have never done 10 days together like this so you know that'll be you won't neat. know what to do with yourself after days Five. Yeah, no, I, I, I know how to vacation. I'm not concerned <laughs> about that at all. There's, it just means I get to, to drink when I wake up. I was, gonna, <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I'm like, it's gonna be margarita time nonstop. Yeah, yeah. I don't like tequila though. Um, I can get back into it, but I won't ever do shots of tequila because mm. of my youth. Mm-mm. Turns I, me into a werewolf. Well, it turns me into a, a puking machine. Like it's the point now where if I even, if I even smell it, I get a little nauseous because. Uh-oh. I had a problem with tequila shots when I was like 19. And I'll never forget it. It's like a sense memory thing. Just that lime salt tequila. I mean, when I was a a young, when I was a young alcoholic, uh, (laughs) I used to think, well, my whole point was like, I want to get wasted fast. So I took shots. Right. Because if you take three shots in an hour, you're fucked. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. I mean, and I was doing, back then, I think I probably did... The, the, the day I got sick was we were watching the Kings play hockey and we were at Moondoggies in La Jolla and we got free drinks there because we gave them free advertising in the Koala, which was a comedy newspaper on campus. So I was only 19, but because I knew the guys and I wrote for them, we They're just like, went whatever. and they just, they didn't care whatever reason. It's also, it was like 93. So for whatever reason in 93 at Moondoggies in La Jolla, they didn't give a fuck. And so they were, I, I would do this thing where I would, they were cute because they had the, instead of toothpicks, they had those tiny little red swords. Uh-huh. And so they'd put the, oh, they'd put the lime with a little sword on the thing with the glass. Okay. So I'm like, little swords and I'm being silly and I'm like fighting with the sword. sword. And I, I start using them to count my drinks and I'm like, look, I've only had four. And so oh, I start being dumb because one of them takes the sword away and I'm like, I only have three now. Ah! 
it becomes this joke, uh-huh. right? But then that was the thing is I lost count. I had no idea how many I had that night because because I was. This is going downhill real fast. Right, and it went, yeah. So I probably had like nine shots of tequila during it was and the shoots. He scores. We're watching hockey. I'm screaming about hockey. Loved hockey at the time. Loved the Kings. Wayne Gretzky was still on the team. This oh, is a long yay. time ago. Oh, dope. Long time ago. Oh, and I'm screaming. I'm underage drinking at a bar. And, and all, I get up and I'm just like, oh, no. And I, I can kind of even remember what their bathroom looked like. It, it was a special bathroom that was away from the other ones because it was in the bar section. And I just booted all over the place and came back out and, and had another shot because I was only 19 and I could <laughs> fucking take it. But the next day I was so hungover that I'll never drink tequila again. And that has been, let's see. Since that was 93, so. 20, about 24 years ago. Yeah, 24 years ago. You know, I um, I have a tequila story. Yeah. Uh, mine was in high school prom. Oof. 1998, I believe. Yeah. Um, so I was, um, well, actually, that would be two tequila stories. I'll tell the interesting one. I, I have one where I ended in the closet and started crying. Mm. So th- this one was in high school. So this one. Is this the clo- closet this, crying? or is this Yeah, this okay, is the closet okay, 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 crying. Okay, okay, yeah. So this is 1998. So like uh, we all, everyone has a room at this place called the Henry VIII in St. Louis, which no longer exists. Um, it was like an old timey English looking place. Um, and so we're all partying and underage drinking. Yeah. And... Uh, well, I decided to take tequila to the head. Like, Ooh. oh yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only 17. I know what I'm Straight doing. Straight from the bottle? Straight from the oh, fucking yeah. bottle. Oh, I don't need the salt or the lime. Yeah, I'm no. 17. Yeah. Um, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up putting on, I used to have this little uh, yellow nightgown. And mind you, the place is full with some of my peers that I go to school with, and I don't have any pants on. I'm wearing this little yellow nighty thing. Yeah. And I don't know what was in my fucking right mind. So I'm like dancing around, and then like I end up going to the bathroom. Is this I- before or after the prom? Oh, this is after the prom. Oh, this is after. Okay. So you're uh, out of your you're out of your dress. Prom dress. You're out of the prom dress. In my you're in the yellow nighty. nighty. You're dancing around, you're running up and down the hallway. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I decided to run a bath. And as I rode the bath, that water made me figured, oh, I should puke now. So I puke and I remember In the bathtub? Yeah, I took the nice. bathtub. Yeah, yeah. Were you in the it, bathtub while you were puking? No, oh. no. I was. <laughs> I missed the. T- I missed the um, the toilet. So I got you know on the ledge of the the toilet, and I remember what I ate because I saw oh. French fries in my bath, and it was kind of pinkish. So wow. <laughs> sorry, sorry, listeners. Um, and I just I remember there was this little asshole. His name was Nick Downs. I'll never forget this. And he was trying to be a little bit sexually assaulty, and I was already not there, and I. I'm like, I You're just like, I already missed it. the salt, honey. I just I just drank it to my face. I didn't yeah. use any salt. And I'm like, it's I'm, like, I'm going to be a salty. Anything. You're like, no, 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 no. You're not. There's no salt. I'm here. like, I'm not going to do anything with you. Ah. Yeah, that's when you vomit on yourself even more. They just yeah. don't want to rape you when you vomit on yourself. Isn't that amazing it's how amazing. that works? It, it's vomit. really yeah. Yum. But it lets you, it also lets me know how men just don't give a fuck. Well, no, but I, I was taught 
in the rape crisis prevention program in what 91 or whatever that uh, if you don't want to be raped you just either pee yourself shit yourself or vomit on yourself if if you've tried to yell for help and you've yelled fire and you've tried to you've tried the drab, grab twist and pull and you missed and you're freaking out the way to avoid being raped is to shit yourself pee your pants or stick your fingers down your throat and I was like I was taught wow. this in high school right so wow. you did a great job you avoided assault wow. by puking you know and I, smelling gross you smelled like old tequila I smelled like old tequila and french fries mm, so mm. I, I do recall running into the closet crying and I was singing a Bjork song oh wow <laughs> wow my, my friend Michael Drummond who I'm still friends with to this very day comes to the closet with me who is gay he came in the closet with me and I was crying and he's like what's wrong I'm like nobody likes me I don't understand what I did no one, I'm just so fucking Degrassi junior high crying right. moment that was tequila tequila, tequila mess uh, 1998. Brought Flash forward, we'll go to 2001. I um, didn't I had, learn your lesson. I didn't. Did not learn. Well, the this lesson. one is an accident. Oh, okay. So this one, I um, I'm at a friend's uh, party in St. Louis still, and uh, guy I was messing around with. He was older than me. I was uh, ni- 18, 19 at the time, and he was like 37, Whoa. 38. Yeah. And I, I was still a virgin. Um, so we're at this party, we're drinking, and at my at the time I was like I liked Malibu and pineapple juice. Sure, yeah, yeah. coconut um, rum and pineapple, classic combination. Co- Delicious. And I like dirty martinis too. Oh, so. you're an insane person. Yeah, I was you. <laughs> I, you just went from one delicious thing to one like highly disgusting, I love, like pickle juice weirdo. I love it. The, mm-hmm. No, the olive olives juice. and dirty, olive. So, so olive we're drinking. We're all in the kitchen and. Most the alcohol, all the good stuff is gone. So all now we're done to the like the cheap alcohol, um, the Schnooks brand, which Schnooks is a store in St. Louis. So which is a bad, horrible brand. So I'm drinking this clear stuff. It's like Osco vodka. Yeah. For us out here, Osco uh, or Royal Gate, Royal Gate vodka. Ooh. That's vodka. That's 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 homeless person. That's questionably housed. <laughs> Fucking uh, vodka. If you're drinking your vodka out of a plastic bottle, you probably you shouldn't issues. be drinking that vodka. You, you, you should. got issues. Yeah. So I'm thinking at the time, because I'm an idiot, I'm thinking, oh, I'm just drinking vodka. Um, so, and I know, I'm like, this vodka tastes weird. Was it gin? No. Oh. So. This vodka, this clear liquid that's burning me tastes weird. I think yes. it's vodka, but it doesn't. Tastes like vodka. So I'm I, this after I've, I've drunk like I, and I was drinking it neat too because I was trying to get to the point. Right. Because you know I'm 18, 19. I don't know. I know everything. Yay. Um. Wrong. Uh. So the person picks up the bottle. They pour it and they mix it with coke. I'm like, why are you mixing vodka with coke? They're like, that's not vodka. It's tequila. And the label. Tequila and coke is even worse. Yeah. What are these psychotic people doing? I don't know. I don't believe in mixing coke in anything. Yeah. Uh, well, at least the liquid form. Right. Uh, so, because I didn't see the label, the label was not facing me. The person pours it, uh, and I'm, he puts the bottle down, and it says tequila. Oh my schnooks. god! And I'm like, you were no! drinking white. You were drinking clear no! tequila. Is that? It's oh, that's that is uh, horrific. It was an horrific. From there, when I saw that label, oh. I flash back to me being in the closet again. I just vomited a little right now. <laughs> 
like I, just even sympathetically oh, curling for It you. was terrible. Oh. Right then and there, I got drunk immediately as yeah. soon as I saw that label. And I, oh. and yeah. I remember I like went all the way up to the third floor because it was like a three-story house. And I'm like swaying and I hear this guy playing acoustic guitar I'm like oh, I need to get away from this ah and so I went up to someone's bedroom and it's dark and everyone's like just let her lie down you know she'll be okay and then dude that I was talking to who I don't remember his name was he was drunk and he was trying to more sexually salty he was trying huh. to like fuck me I'm like no wow. no and I remember someone that lived in the house came in the room and they're like yo stop that she's fucking passed out yo yeah it's like ah oh, fucking sexual assault god damn i just don't I think about that yeah. now. Now, now we spelunk the memories of of fucking. uh yeah they but it's a somehow somehow and i don't know it's if it's men or boys if it's their own volition or if it's something that they've gotten from movies or brothers or other men or if it's just if it's just pervasive in the society that they think when a girl is passed out that well she's not going to remember it anyway so it really doesn't matter and it's like but how just the the total lack of seeking consent and, and just thinking that like this is completely fine they it's like fucking a corpse i guess yeah. i mean if that's what you guys are into i mean you're not uh, i mean ew, you're sticking your dick in something that you it's not moving it's not yet she, you know she's breathing at least but maybe she, yeah she's well yeah, yeah. she but she's not here man right so what i mean so you get to stick your you get to stick your dick into something and woo wow that's what joy how what do joy? they well that's thing how do they get hard when it's like you yeah. know, it's like, is that, I guess it's, it's, is it, past that lady is sexy? I don't, I don't know. And especially if you're so a drunk male thing. on top of that too, it's just like, what, I mean, yeah, I, I just I don't, don't know. I don't I, get it either. I, I, I think men are nasty. That's just, <laughs> I think they can be. I, I just, I don't understand where, where and how the culture has decided and given them the idea that it's okay. That in such a large swath that, you know, sexual assault is no big deal. That they, they would even—I don't know—have the volition to want to do that. I, 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 it just, I, just, I don't really understand. I don't really understand it. Probably because we were raised correctly and we're good people. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Just, I don't know. But we're also not men either, because I don't hear too many women raping women. Right. Or you, I don't right. hear too many women trying to rape men. Well, I mean, I have a rape joke, but I haven't done it in a long time. But hey, Matthew Quirk. Um. I have a rape joke and I haven't done it in a long time about, you know, taking a, a when a, when a guy before he wakes up, if you, if he's sleeping, you know, and you take it, flash a dick in your mouth and you suck it till it's hard, you know, that's power. Like, that's my rape joke, which I think is kind of funny, but I don't say it very often because right now in this, like, Climate. everybody's like, me too, me too. And I'm like, ah, uh, we are joined right now by Matthew Quirk. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Can I uh, use your bathroom, crash your party, charge my... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just like a do man. You, did you park your van around the corner? I'm pretty close by. You're yeah. pretty close. That's yeah, yeah. nice. He has his house. His apartment is around the corner. I uh, so I use the visit. local laundromat and all that sort of thing. Oh, good for you. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Alta. I'll join you in just Matthew a few Quirk. minutes. Thank yeah, you. sweet. He's going to go use the restroom. So, uh, you, so you have to retire that joke till probably maybe a year or two? I don't know. I mean, I've been, I've been doing that joke for like four years, so I don't... I haven't done it recently, but... I, 
it's it's the same thing about like I'm an insensitive person. You guys can listen to last week's show if you didn't listen. Uh, I'm completely <laughs> insensitive. I'm a terrible feminist. I'm an awful. I'm a perv- I'm a handler of the rape culture. I'm completely. You like, like men more. I like. I guess I like men more. I don't know. <laughs> I found it just just to just to bring it full circle from last week. I talked to the male in question, and he had no idea that any of this was going on. Oh. He's never asked her out he's never oh oh asked used any language at all in any way this this it actually gets a little bit more interesting it, now. i know i i told him i just i thought i would be remiss if i didn't share the podcast with him and and so i sent it to him and i said hey just want to let you know you might want to give this a listen i don't know where she was coming from I, I tried to defend you but i didn't really think that your actions even needed defensing um because i don't think that you really did anything i just want i just want to make you aware of this right and, then, and i said at the end of it i said that i think that you should just, just take not not talk to this just not interact with this person at all just stop interacting with them and he was so hurt he was like um, it is always he's like i had no idea that i've done anything to make anyone else feel uncomfortable and he's like it's always uh, oh he's like I'm always trying to be nice to everybody and I didn't mean for anything to be taken in any way he's never been interested in her at all in a dating capacity so that sort of confuses the mix and I'm like I don't know. Where is this coming exactly. from? Exactly. So now I'm now. like, I don't know what to do. It's all in someone's head. I don't know. So now, um, but I'm excited because now that happy hour, there's a bunch of different people that are going to host and I'm going to be out of town anyway. So it's, um, so we've got this week is Alyssa Westerlund. Uh, next week is uh, Ian Levy, then um, Arden, then... Um, uh, then Annette Mullaney and then Zane Barrett. So those are the five hosts of December and it's exciting because it gives people opportunity to host. I think it'll widen the audience for people because I don't know, people spread it around more when they're like, I was the host or whatever. Um, so everything works out all right in the end, but, but this is a mystery. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a mystery. Well, and what's not a mystery is uh, tomorrow, if anybody wants to come by from nine in the morning until 2.45 in the afternoon. We're going to be uh, cleaning the station. We're going to be revamping everything. If you want to come volunteer for Mutiny Radio, stop on by. Come on, hell. 2781 21st Street. Yeah, we're going to... I'm going to try to get everything cleaned out from upstairs, get this whole place. We've got the new computer that we bought um, that's going to be the same as over here. Nice. So this will all, won't will make that crazy sound anymore. <laughs> um, it's, it's exciting upgrades and stuff. So we're going to be doing that tomorrow at the station. So if anybody wants to come by, There might be please weed do. involved. Oh, of course there's going to be weed involved. Please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there's always. In fact, I'm excited for some weed to be involved. Um what we have here, what we're going to listen to right now, is one of my buddies, the young Ben from uh, Nomad, from the school. I was teaching the guys. He sent me an email today and said, hey, will you play this um, on your show? And I said, sure, I'll play this song on your show. Um, I'm not sure if he made this song or if someone else made this song, but he wanted us to play it. This is a little youngster. Yeah. He's a 14-year-old kid lives in the mission he's a cool dude and uh he wanted us to play this uh also i'm sure that hopefully there aren't children listening to the show but if there are parents listening to this show and you're in the san francisco bay area 
uh, I'm starting a new after-school program for kids, junior high-aged uh, boys and girls, to have their own podcast on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I can take four kids each day. It's going to be Tuesday and Wednesday from four to six, so I can have a maximum of eight kids uh, during the uh, three months. So it's 12 classes, 300 bucks. So it's kind of it's a steal. It's 25. It's basically 12.50 an hour for me to hang out with your junior higher. Uh, so that they won't get into trouble and we'll be making some art and stuff. So, hey, if you're out there and you want to, it's it's a steal, actually. Uh, but here is the iPhone remix thing that he wanted me to play. for giving us some cool weird music sweet um speaking of cool things we're gonna watch allison hooker's uh set here from the punchline she just applied to the mutiny radio comedy festival so let's check this out ladies and gentlemen allison hooker Allison Hooker. <laughs> Hooker, yeah. Spelled just like the profession. <laughs> That's always been fun. You guys can imagine in junior high when I had to write my first initial and last name on my gym clothes. <laughs> so we just said, oh, Hooker. Just I'm like my pants across my chest. Yeah, it took me a little longer to find the funny in it. <laughs> they tease me. They tease me so much that my gym teacher gave me new clothes and she was like, sweetheart, you need to write something else. <laughs> so I wrote the hooker. <laughs> Are you 
loving the sexual attention. I was cruising around like wearing a training bra to support the nipples that had come in. Now I wear a padded bra to support the nipples that have come in. I'm waiting. I, um, I was actually trying to like smack my titties on the guy's face the other night. It's not even the joke yet. I broke his nose on my chest. But in my defense, he's Arab, so he's got like quite a nose. Yes. It's actually Syrian. He learned how to write in Arabic first, so we met when he swiped the wrong way on Tinder. <laughs> so punchline, round of applause for coming out uh, for yourselves when you could be protesting. <laughs> Couple reasons. The last protest I was at, I saw a sign that said Black Lives Matter. Then I saw another sign that said clean water is important. <laughs> I was like, God damn, we're really breaking it down for people, aren't we? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Fucking basic has the message gotten, right? We make a sign like, Bertha Beats! <laughs> I guess like, I have a dream which is way too complex for people to comprehend. <laughs> so now we've got Black Lives Matter and water is important. <laughs> and then of course some asshole on the other side of the street has his sign just, all elements are important. <laughs> Speaking of elements, you guys, uh, I'm pretty sure Mother Nature's going through menopause. <laughs> it's like heat flashes and cold sweats. <laughs> right? What the hell's going on? We're in San Francisco. Actually, I just recently got back to San Francisco. I was out of town for a while. I, I went to a music festival, which was fun. There was a lot of trap music at this music festival. Round of applause if you like trap music. It's not appropriate. It's to clap. And I don't mean like... I don't mean like Atlanta trap music. You know, I mean like... Trap music after white people got a hold of it and took all the groove out of it. <laughs> so if you don't know what trap music is, I'll explain. It's like a lot of really big sounds just thrown together. It's like woo 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 woo. No really, I'm singing a song. Do you know that one? I like trap music. What are your favorites? Yeah, trap music sounds like what it used to sound like to get on the internet. <laughs> like, send a fax. <laughs> so I was having a great time at this festival and I felt a little bit like my mom, you know, because I was like, what is this? Crap! This isn't music, this is just noise! <laughs> Which is what my mom used to say to me when I was a teenager listening to hip-hop, you know. I was like, this isn't noise, mom. It's bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. <laughs> yeah, you like that song? It's a good one, had a lot of crew. I still love that misogynistic music, you know? It's like whatever music was coming out around the same time that you were gonna lose your virginity, <laughs> like you love that music for life. Because <laughs> certain songs will come on the radio that just feel romantic to me. They just feel nostalgic, you know? Just move, bitch, get out of the way. I'm like, oh! Also what the first guy said to me. <laughs>
excited that um, Allison Hooker applied. Um, that's super cool because I, I didn't, I didn't think that she. I don't know. There's a lot of people in the scene that, like, I don't know why everyone's not applying. I mean, I'm like, because for for me, I'm like, give me your ten bucks, just apply. Give me ten bucks. But then more than that, you know, I want people to want to get in. But this year's going to be super tough because. There is a caliber of people that are applying. Here's 10 bucks. Oh, you're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! See how that works? The caliber Magic. of people applying. Latoya saw last week, Kevin Monroe is yeah. awesome. Andy Picaro is that like a headliner. That Ivan Garcia guy was so polished. Hunter Donaldson is coming back. So, like, there's this... And so what the thing that's hard for me is that, and thank God Steve Poggi is coming because he's sort of going to be my, and Jonathan helps too. And you, you've been, Latoya obviously has been helping tremendously because I have no idea when I start watching 10 of these in a row, I, I can't tell what I think is funny, what other people think are funny. And then I've, when I've watched them a few times, I'm like, is this funny? Right. And it, cause like yeah. there's, there's different funny for different people. Right. Yeah, and you want to make sure that you're not getting the same kind of funny because you're just going to have repetition. Well, I don't want either. You got to get criteria. Well, I don't want any. Yeah, I need a rubric. I don't want any like hacky stuff. But the other thing is that when you're watching someone's five to ten minutes, you're. I'm judging on whether I think that they can do thirty plus minutes of different material over five five days. days. So this now this happened last year, and I was I I only made a couple. There were only, I think, two on the whole festival that I was like, eh, I probably shouldn't have chosen them. <laughs> because they did the same set multiple times. And I was like, you're on a festival with different themes. You get over 30 minutes total. Why would you, and it's recorded, why would you ever do the same set twice? It's it's tough to know everything about everybody. I mean, it's uh, if I may relate it to sports, being the man in the room, uh, it's it's like pitching. Some people are starters. Some people are mid people. Some people are closers. Sure, and sure. like, you know, a guy might have, you know, one killer set and nothing else. Right. And other people are better at just like riffing or just they got funny bones. So no matter what they're talking about, you're laughing. Sure. You sure. Know. Yeah. And and uh, there is a thing with, with funny that's like, I see how that would get laughs. It's not funny. Well, there's also people that, there's people that are like, you, Matthew Quirk, are a serious joke writer. You write your script. By the you way, have jokes. I won't force you to uh, uh, play mine and judge it here. I'll let oh, that happen. Oh no, no, no! It's I'll let that happen the, in the mystery the, of the. the, the yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we do. We've been watching some of them on the Altcast because it's 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 twofold. One, it gives stuff so that we don't have to talk the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and also, it's an opportunity during the month of November to sort of see what the submissions are because it's it's overwhelming at this yeah, point. Yeah, sure. We've had I've had like. I'm, I'm 85 submissions now and there's still out. a couple days I just got three more today I can only relate this back in the day I used to be a big time drug weed person mm. and uh, we get invited to judge you know harvest contests sure sure how the hell do you judge you know oh, and you gotta right. you gotta start coming with criteria and be like even though you can't tell how high it gets you because you're smoking another one right, 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 minutes, right, right, right. Yeah. that you gotta sort of like develop a system to recognize like do I feel this initial thing do I feel well, the other you know, problem is, is that the material itself, I'm biased to. Yeah. 
There's the girl from uh, Louisiana who gets up on stage and she's like, I moved to, I moved to New Orleans because I'm a drunk. And all of her jokes are about being an alcoholic. I'm laughing my ass off because she's like doing she's, jokes that are funny for she me. She speaks to you. It's relatable. Right. Yeah. For me, it's totally relatable. You're her target audience. Exactly. And it's the same thing when there's somebody with like all cat jokes. I'm like, I now, does it mean it's fun? It means I love it. Cat jokes might fall flat in some arenas. Wait, right, well, right. I actually have a show on the festival called Cats, Cats, Cats and Other Animal Material. And it's all just jokes about animals. And they, I just want people to do all animal-centric material. Because I have 10 minutes on my cat. I have 10 minutes about masturbating with my cat and loving my cat and my life with my cat. I have a full 10. And I'm sure there are other women or men. I'd love it. There's a crazy cat guy. Hell yeah. Like, Steve Poggi has some cat, cat jokes. But, I, I mean, I, I love cats. But so that's the problem is that I don't... If, if somebody is here from like you know, New York or something, and they do, like, a bunch of cat jokes, I'm going to be like, I'm going to knee-jerk them in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they might, because I'll be like, oh, but it's, I mean, it's hard. I kind of have to assume that everybody's, go- everyone's good and everyone sucks. As comedians, like, we're all great sometimes and we all suck sometimes. Yeah. And are they going to, are they going to suck? Damn. Um, are they going to suck on March 1st through 5th? Or bombing is a chance be? we take. It's a great equalizer to us all. But like, yeah, I, I hear some comedians who are getting all kinds of laughs with just like redundant material, it's just plain shit. It's like, it's not clever People or love funny. Hack. People yeah, love so hack. so you just got to sort of be able to judge. Like, okay, I'm not laughing. I don't think it's funny. To me, that's not the comedy I want to do. But I can see how this guy would win an audience over. Sure. Would be. Well, hopefully this year get I get a lot of laughs. Get. I think this year is going to be uh, the best in terms of audience. It's been great so far in the past two years. It's been amazing. But now I actually have a budget to like do marketing and Spark is helping out so much, not only financially, but they're letting me use their email list. So to be able to direct market, I mean, I only need to sell 750 seats to sell out the whole damn thing. And if I have access to 46,000 people that live in San Francisco Bay Area, like way better odds than before, way better. And then with like, you know, doing all the work of like sending out the PRs and putting it on the spin goes and the... And the do the bays and the calendars and blah, 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 blah. We got your back. I don't know why. That's a new swing arm, too. I have no idea why. It broke in two different ways since since I've been sitting here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't like it. It landed in my lap at first. My microphone, that is, people out there. And uh, it's a new swing arm. It's also. Got possessed and just it's fell. Possessed. Yeah. This so place is fucking possessed by Well, tomorrow, tomorrow, it'll all be fixed because tomorrow we'll be here at the station from 9 to 2.30. Come join us. 2781 21st Street. And we're going to clean us. and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to take all the, everything apart. We're going to, all the dust will be gone. Basically going to take everything out, clean it, move it all back in. We're going to fix, I'm going to have someone on this damn CD. I'm going to have someone sit with a pile of CDs. If anyone has an autistic child, I'd like to put them on the floor with because somehow the uh, adults here are unable to take a CD out and put it back in the case. So I've got like huge stacks of CDs and huge stacks of CD cases with no CD with no it. CDs in them. That's annoying. And, and it's so annoying and it's one of those things where it's going to take someone an hour and a half. It just is unless yeah. we just throw them all away, which I'm not willing to do because yeah. why would I do that? There's some music on there, man. Right. 
Exactly. So, and I love CDs. That's one of my, that's one of my pet peeves too. Yeah. When I had CDs, like yeah. I hate it when I saw other people's like a big stack, and then I'm like, ooh, yeah, look, it's a Depeche Mode CD. Where the fuck is the CD at? Yeah, Gemini's it's just the case. The yeah. And the way that so they're annoying. put terrible in places and stuff, I'm just like, oh god. So I want to have a person. Just dedicated to like, there's gonna be another person that's dedicated to. We'll see how many people like. So I'll this try. this is how I'm gonna transition into what I want to talk about. Yeah, good. That sounds like women's work. Ah, oh, here so, we go. So there we go. Good. So are you you're you're very excited about your misogynistic jokes? It's good. That's funny. It's good. Uh, well, that was just a spur of the moment thing I thought of. Our but so I wanted you guys were talking about when I first entered the room, uh, the whole Me Too thing. I've got mm-hmm. a lot to say. So sexual uh, assault. Yeah, so uh, my nickname growing up in my family, one of the many, was uh, Maddie Me Too. Maddie Me Too? Yeah, because I had an older brother, and it's like, oh, Joe's going to go, oh, Me Too! You know, I was like, Maddie Me Too. Me too. So now I can't be saying Me Too no more. It's totally, now you, uh, this, this okay, movement just has they, erased my history. Just because they, no, they, they can't change the context of the, you can still have your history with the context. You can take it back. You and can so do I'll that. Say, <laughs> you can back. do that. You have a genuine connection to that predates fr- phrase it predates sexual assault as we all know only started happening recently oh, it's man. not from the 60s but oh. me the me too thing now the me too thing actually kind of pissed me off because yeah we've all been sexually assaulted yeah but let's me too listen to me listen we all i mean I don't want to discount anybody. It sucks that we've been assaulted. It sucks that that men can... It sucks that it's pervasive in the culture that it just happens. And that I'm even like... Yeah, of course it happens. We all know that. Like we did. You know, I mean, who hasn't been sexually assaulted? Yeah, well, have you heard? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I have. Think, I, I think don't. The, the part of the the scary part of it is the fact, like, if it it happens at work and it, it it's going to affect your job or right, you right, trying right, right, right. to work yourself up. Sure, sure, sure. You know, where yeah. you're going to have to suck a dick or two. Right. Um, but it's where, called the casting couch for a reason. That's yeah. right. The casting couch. Which is, sure, that's fine in idea, porno and wait, Hollywood, but, but idea, it seems to happen at McDonald's. Right. Well, but that's the thing is the idea behind the casting couch and the reason it exists as a terminology is that the woman is somehow in there she's talentless except she gives a good blowjob and she works her way up sex but it's but the way that we've been taught is it's almost like an empowering idea whereas it's really just the power dynamic where you're being taken advantage of because Absolutely. you're new and they have the power and so they're saying suck my dick or you're not going to get this role as opposed to I want to suck dick because I want to get ahead there's kind of a di- ha ha but I'm sure. <laughs> so there's a but there's the mentality yeah there's is that the Madonna whore society played out thing but, yeah. and then, but then sociologically and what, where we've been grown and what we've been told it's just it's, it's accepted because it's a thing I think the fact that matters like I think now that we have a turning point going on between the sexes is that we're realizing that males have been raised in rape culture and just even what we were talking about with like the tequila stories as I'm thinking about it, I'm like oh my god I almost got raped but, but here's Twice. the thing is that women have been taught to be subservient and get married and your husband can do whatever he wants it's not rape if it's your husband well that's not true false because you might not want to have sex yeah. and he might force you to do that but legally it's been okay for years and years. And usually it's, you know, the rule of thumb. Men used to be able to beat their wives with a stick that was no bigger than the width of their thumb. Yeah. And even and so if you had big beefy thumbs, but that's the thing is it's a word, it's a phrase that exists. So like we're all being like, me too, me too. Yeah, me too since the 1700s. Me too since women existed. There's been a power dynamic that we're finally trying to acknowledge. It's like, 
Yeah, we've been saying it yeah. forever. I, I've been, I am appreciating that the fact that there have been a lot of people now. Like today, it's like every day somebody is falling from grace. Like today, <laughs> yeah, Matt, you heard about Matt, that? Matt Lauer Matt got Lauer. axed from the Today Show. The first good-looking guy to Matt, be accused yeah. of sexual misconduct. That's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he was and like. You know who else? Wow. Garrison Keillor. Oh, from yeah, from. You're lying. Yeah. I don't know. No. I was reading about that on my way here. NPR's Garrison Keeler? Yeah, yeah Minnesota Public Radio. Yep. He's not seems... alive anymore, is he? Yes, he is. He, he just retired. He's, yeah. it's he retired from Lake Wobegon. He yeah. didn't die. Okay. It seems the most uh, innocent. If you know, if his story is even like kind of true, definitely the most innocent of the accusations. Uh, he's, he claims his hand... Just went to the wrong area. Like if she came over to hug me, and I go to hug her at a particular safe area, and she suddenly bends down to hug me, and now I'm wrapped around one of her boobs. Well, that that sounds like that sort of thing. Like that it sounds like, like a George bad, Bush. A bad, well, George Bush. The George was, Bush with great. grabbing the asses because he's in a wheelchair. I had so a he's like him grabbing my that. Hair, just made it easier. Area yeah. is right. Yeah. There's a difference was, between this and this, though. He right. was doing too much explaining to that article, too. If I actually uh, grab, you know, there, and then my hand is just there, but if there's, like, a sort of a double pump with the fingers... That's, like, uh, that's, 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 yeah, yeah, that's gross. That's a, yeah, that, their second one's definitely an intentional grab, and the first one is yeah. questionable mis- the, the thing that The thing that just astounds me, though, is that <laughs> all of a sudden we're like, oh, look, we're acknowledging this. But it wasn't even... It was what 1912 that we got the vote. 1920. 1920, and so we haven't. It's only been a hundred years since we've been thought of as people that can think. As equals. We weren't. We haven't way. been taught to read. We're. This is all recent stuff. Suddenly we're like, oh yeah, well, you can't able just to get credit cards till 1975. It's it's insane. There's so many ways that women have been subjugated. I uh, that might have been a good decision. Fuck off. <laughs> well, no, that's the thing, too, is that are women able to, ca- to control their own finances? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. In, in the, but that's the thing, the idea in the past that you're, you're, your father's property Bankruptcy and you have existed a dowry. long before women but, had access to the But in the, in the structure, it was that we all sort of was like, we were like, American values, Christianity, marriage. Or shit. Stuff. Exactly. But, but the whole thing is that women... Were, there was a thing like men took care of you you went from your father's house to your husband's house with a dowry so that you had some worth because you of course on your own are just yeah. a big walking well, vagina that makes but while babies and while we're talking cook. about it everything in the world has changed since then i mean Fair enough. you know all those rules that 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 applied under uh were in a time where you could have one job and buy a house. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, and six kids. Uh, it was a whole different... Everything was different. We've been pulling at the threads of this sweater long enough that to even right. make comparisons right. is just... We're, we're too absurd. We live You're, in a different I, world now. I, you know? I completely Well, agree. I mean, there's definitely... And, and, and on that note, update the whole, you know, mis- sexual think, misconduct. Thing. Yeah. I think the fact of the matter is just like a lot of, you know, women and minorities were getting tired. Getting fucking tired. And I think also what probably lit a fire to our asses is like the administration and like the fact of like not being not being able to get um, 
uh, an e- an even wage with men. Right, right. That's the ERA was never passed. We still right. have have no legislation that says that men and we, women need to be paid Equal equally pay. in the workforce. Right. Because they because they hold it over our heads and they go, well, women just aren't very good negotiators. False. So, but I but the thing is, I was taught to not be a good negotiator. Right, right, right. That's to part ask of a whole. Money. Yeah. I didn't know it was like. I didn't know that when you get a job, you have to ask for as much as you can because you're only going to get two or three percent a year after that. You're not going to get any big bump, even when your knowledge. So if you feel like, anyways, I, I was, I've been in the workforce differently than men, and I feel like I was trained, and especially as a teacher, it was like, this is what you make. You can't negotiate. You make this pittance, and this is what you make and you better be happy about it because being a teacher is a really you know great whatever and you know I made $24,000 my first year out of school and I had a, I had a BA and I had a teaching credential I had an advanced degree and I made $24,000 and I just didn't even question it and so I've never made more than $36,000 ever in a year in my life because I'm a woman and I was married anyways and my husband made tons of money so why would I care kind of thing but this is just shopping money right exactly right but and that's why you would never give a bitch a credit card back in those days because she has no idea how to do money she has no concept of money because why, why would she have a concept of money when her father takes care of her and she doesn't earn any money when, and it's, the, uh, when it's actually the opposite when men don't actually know how to take care no, of I mean it's mostly men that fall into bankruptcy or you know it's sometimes if the woman is you know in the household you know the wife will be like well why are you spending your money on frivolous things when we could be saving more blah 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 women are better negotiating and we are better, I, I feel, economically, because I, I just feel like... It depends like- if, you have, if we have children or not, because then we're taking care of that other person. Well, and ourselves. But I, I know some people Well, then you have, have more hands-on, the shopping, the actual expenses, the guy coming in to fix the stuff, like... Except, yeah, except, in, the, th- except in nowadays, yeah. where we've taught men to be entitled little fuckballs that don't have to do anything, yeah, because one of, my, one of my buddies... <laughs> Her the her baby daddy Uh-oh. takes advantage of her like okay he works but he doesn't pay the rent and then the money disappears and I try to keep telling her I'm like he's he on like cocaine scum. he sounds like a scumbag he's a scumbag but she takes care of everybody she's amazing and just just the sweetest and most amazing as human a, being as a dateless man this is particularly uh, angering right you know? exactly <laughs> that see that would, would you date someone with a kid you wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, I've so I'm 50. I, there are my, who doesn't have you know what woman doesn't have a kid at my people have been I, in college people had kids like right. it's not okay. this new thing you know it's like I you know yeah but the fact that matter that she has to take care of a grown ass man she See, takes care of a grown ass man that's where I draw man. the line I've done that before and boy was I stupid that no. was one and done no no where he <laughs> no when I'm like paying for his rent oh no that's oh bad. yeah. No, yeah. They have to. Well, there was. I've. I know some really seedy men. One of my other incredibly great friends had an ex-boyfriend who just. He was one of those guys that didn't have any concept of other people's money. So he took. He went to Best Buy and he used her credit to buy this whole yeah four thousand dollar TV thing. But then what he did is he took it back. And then he got the money, got the money and sold it, sold and bought a bunch of drugs. But Crack then he didn't sell the drugs. Yeah, okay. He didn't sell the be. drugs. He did the drugs. So he owed her four grand for like four years. She was on his ass. They finally they broke up. She and this was when they were together. And she was like, finally, she was like, I can't do this anymore. So 
she, but she was always like, I don't want to leave my Kayleen, blah, blah, blah. I can't she get a finally, second date. And that shit took four years. I really right. Exactly. Fucking break. And so then she <laughs> was still, I don't think she ever saw her four grand again. And But the way that she like that. explained it to me is she said, you know, some guys just don't have a concept of your money. They just sort of like... They don't get it. There's certain people that just take advantage of you monetarily and don't even see it as a problem. They just don't even get it. That I find that, that to be bullshit. Yeah, uh, because yeah, exactly. if I took their money, they fucking get exactly. it. You know, that, yeah. that was crackish. You don't, yeah, yeah, super crackish. So yeah, I used to be a drug dealer. Okay, so it's like if it's no big deal, then give me the money. You know, if, right. it's like I don't have. Well, what's the big deal? If it's no big deal, then show up with the fucking money. You know that that argument works both ways. If it's not a big deal, then bring it. But she then somehow, it. as women, I don't know if it's a woman thing or, but we're taught to still yes, put it up so, with it, the nurture and nurture it. and care, and for them to say, "Oh, I'll never do it Puddle again. Them. This is the last time." I mean, how many oh, women are beaten by their boyfriends, husbands, and they? So look at the NFL ladies. Mm-hmm. They still marry these guys. They got a black eye at the wedding. You know, they're like, oh. Well, well I I, I dated a, an abused woman, and uh, you know, she divorced one guy and married the other, and it's like, well, you know, the first guy was poor and not that great looking. Like the second guy, although he treated me bad, you know, he he was rich and good looking. So so mm. like there was still like the bad treatment didn't change. But other stuff did. The economics did. Yeah, and she was like, "Well, you know, what? What more could I hope for than to also get a good, to have, finally have a good-looking guy?" That's you know? sad. It, it's it kind of is, but you know, we know in life you don't really get everything you want all the time. You do make compromises. So you just get bitch slapped. Uh, <laughs> and, and you know, I think that's out there too. Like these NFL ladies, like you know, I, I was jokingly saying the woman bitching about uh, being cheated on by. Uh, Tiger Woods. Right. And it's like, well, that Home Depot manager that you were dating right before him would cheat on you too. Like, you know, you've got a... The best looking, most popular, richest dude oh, I, in the world. I, the I was taught. Yeah, but, first but of I was, all, I everyone was taught, is trained to want that. I was taught that know. it's only sexual harassment if they're ugly. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> was, that was what was behind my Matt Lauer comment exactly. about it's like only, the first good looking guy but to that's get charged what I was, with this That's stuff. what I was taught. That's what I was taught is that wow. it's only sexual harassment. Otherwise, it's flirting. That's like if there's a oh, guy wow. at work and he's good looking and well, he fucks with you, you ju- then it's flirting. But if it's if it's a guy who well also so when I worked at Ethan Allen there was a guy who would sexually kind of harass me but he wasn't above me he was we were probably like on the same level we were peers um and he would make comments about like if I was on a ladder and I was wearing a skirt he'd like get he'd say things like about thongs or about he said one time about he'd like a bacon thong or something he's like something it was kind of it was kind of gross but he was um ugly that's just creepy as so and it was kind of creepy but i was like bacon thong. yeah i was just like i was like how about i was like how about we not talk about i was like how about we not talk about me on a ladder at all in any capacity and and it's it stopped i didn't have to go to anybody higher up and say anything but put your foot down but i made but i made a joke about it at the time and i think i still have is that you know, it was only sexual harassment because he was ugly. Like, if he was good looking, I would have been like, look at him flirting. That's so silly. Like, if he was like a. Well, there's something to that. Uh, in uh, uh, Mad About You, that sitcom yeah. from, the from 90s. way back when. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, 
So to, in this one episode, they're they're like, look, we met each other on like mutual depression, and now we're married. And it's like, do you think you could pick me up today? So they go to a bar, and she like sits somewhere else, and he has to like go up there and talk to her and like pick her up. And he's coming with the old cheesy lines, you know. And she's like, oh, what? Well, and just keeps on walking away from. Him. And then some really good-looking guy comes with the same cheesy line, and she's like, oh well, yes, I do come here often. Blah, 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 blah. Right, right, like, yeah. like, like. You, you, there is that from the man's perspective there is that sort of thing yeah like a good looking guy does that no problem you know it's Matt it's, Lauer. it's it's a regular guy <laughs> doing it so it's nice to see Matt Lauer a good looking guy go get, down go down yeah. yes yeah because they've all been ugly and they all do it and that's where the not so good looking not so confident guys get the hints like damn he does that and they, they love it so maybe I'll try it sure well know. no it's the same rant that I'll go through all the time so we're, about about like Vince we're just Vaughn. mimicking the, the you know right but that's the thing is that Vince Vaughn is giving you know people the him? wrong idea he's a <laughs> schlubby ugly guy who's in his 50s who gets to date in the movies where like he suddenly has to choose between two 24 year old girls two he's not the only one girls are fighting over him right but he's like it's the same thing it's like John constantly 50 something year old guys have a 20 something year old love interest Eastwood or whatever and they're like you even watch Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David I'm like how's this old guy getting all these young bra hugs like seriously but it's the same thing that that new show and I I don't like it I watched one episode and I was like fuck the show it's called Flaked on and I watched one episode and I'm like Fuck this guy. Fuck Will Arnett. You 50-something. Oh, look at your bod when you're 50-something. Fuck you. You've got two 23... You've got a 22-year-old and a 24-year-old hot, hot girl. And both of them are like, oh, you're so amazing, Will Arnett. Fuck you for giving guys... Over. And it's schlubby buddy friends. i got to write like, me a script. Fuck them. Why are they giving people the idea that they can fucking date 24... You know what? Fuck you. 24-year-old girls should be going after 24-year-old guys. How come they're not going after 40 40-year-old chicks. Right. There are a lot of single 40-year-old chicks There's who look really, actually look, look some look of them look great. better than 20 years. But, yeah, but, but the, hot but the ones, thing is, is that the 50-year-old guy, he's done with talking to women. He just wants a hot young piece of ass who's pretty and too dumb and just likes everything he says and thinks, wow, he's really great. He's so... Con-. And this guy is a loser guy on the fucking show. He's an and it's like a recovering alcoholic. Right, and it's like, yeah. you're a loser. And then you give people hope. Because regular schlubby guy who has shitty job is going and going like, yeah, I could get the twenty-four-year-old hot waitress. Dude, it's it's. Uh, for me. I used to be they're selling. Alcoholic. They're selling the fantasy to us loser guys who have an otherwise miserable life. Right. No, but the fantasy is the fact that people take in that fantasy and put it in their reality thinking that this is something real that they can actually do when it's not and also the fact of the matter that you know it's showing the fact that women over the age of 40 are not that attractive in you know there's it's still that whole right. stereotype of like you know i gotta get the younger chick because younger right. chicks are much better looking than like yeah, the woman the, over their 40s or 50s yeah the is, not on the menu concept right. like they gotta sit like la, you know the last fuckable day the yeah Amy schumer which skit. is totally oh, false I, and i think and this this plagues into the fact of the me too you know where the fact of like all these you know you have to be young in order to be sexually harassed <laughs> No, I'm like fuck that. No, you don't have to be young. Well, I, you just- I was sexually harassed the other day on the street because of the outfit I was wearing. I wore a cute, weird outfit, and I kind of looked like a roller derby girl without roller skates. But I was covered up, like I was wearing. I was wearing orange nylons with 
knee-high socks this over the norm. This speaks to me. Right. So orange As nylons. skater. Orange nylons with orange and black knee-high stockings on top of those. And then I had on uh, a little pair of... Was I wearing like some some kind of like little hot pants shorts? But I was covered, and then I wore um, a tank top that was sequined, and I had my bomber jacket on top of that, and I was just walking, and I was harassed by so many dudes. Like a guy pulled his car over and said he pulled his car over in the in the tenderloin, and he says to me. How do I get to the Bay Bridge? And I said, you're in a big truck. You obviously have a smartphone. What are you... (laughs) Ask the phone. (laughs) Why are you talking to me? Why are you hollering? And he's like, come here. Oh, hell no. Come here. I'm like, no. That shit don't work. Why are you even talking to me? Yelling at me from a car. So so it happened like four times. Right. Like I'm a prostitute. Mm -mm. There were but four times I was stopped by men um, saying like commenting in some way and like in just being nasty well not I mean yeah there was it was it was cat calls it wasn't like the one guy who said uh, girl you've been living a long time to look 22 it wasn't a compliment like that like a clever compliment it was like I put my hand in your butt or stuff like you know like weird shit that I was getting yelled at me just and whistling too what look at that and I'm like which is why I never, and I'm completely covered. See, this is, oh, see, this is why it doesn't matter what you wear. It does not matter if you're wearing something short or busty or covered up and hot in shorts. No, but when I, <laughs> but when I walk down the street like this, I, no one says anything to me. But if I was wearing, it's just, it's when I show my legs. Like when I show them, even when they're covered, shown, and they're still, it's, I don't, I don't understand. But people, and when I so I get to the bar later in the day and I tell my friend I say oh this happened I can't, guys can't stop screaming at me on the fucking street today and my friend Katie she goes she goes well you are dressed like that <laughs> I'm like fucking fair enough I mean <laughs> I'm wearing orange and that stuff and it was it was the week before um, Halloween so I you felt like it was bright. fine you're bright I was bright I you're was like bright. rainbow bright. Yeah, you weren't like busty. You were just bright. I don't have any bust. I don't have boobs, so I can't be busty. Like, it's just... I don't understand why men think that, hey, girl, when you're in your car, that it's okay. Hey, psst. Hey, girl, come here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come up to your car. Stranger danger. Stranger fucking... Look, hold on. Do you think I'm a prostitute? Like, I get it if I was a prostitute. Like, for real, like, what kind of man are you, punk-ass bitch? I hate that shit. I hate that. And everybody so knows that the prostitutes are on Shotwell in 19th, between <laughs> Shotwell in 19th and 20th. So, and if I'm not on those two corners, don't fucking pull over and talk to me. Don't fucking pull over, period. Well, those girls actually do want you to well, pull they over because well, it's their job. Them hoes, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no I, sex workers. All, I wish it was legal, kids. <laughs> I wish, I wish we could empower people to use that as a way to make money and secure their lifestyle of their choice that would make me happy for Look, that to it's be safe, already but. called the oldest profession right. i mean we can no longer be in denial that it is work in in uh, work. Uh, 
that it's is real work. Su- you know, absolutely supply and demand. Uh, yeah. It's right well, in there. The capitalist doctrine. I'll, uh, that I'll, it should be the most legal thing. We'll, we'll close out the AltaCast um, with me promoting my new story that it actually t- dovetails into this. I'm currently writing a story for Tim's Tesseract, which is timstesseract.com, and uh, it's a new website that. Uh, Pervert Fervor and Tim Pizza have put together. And so the story is called Jane Six, and it's San Francisco, the year 2222, and women in the Ten Lawn uh, have three choices. They can be a sexer, a breeder, or a host. And wow. they have to choose. And um, so the first two, st- the first story was released yesterday, and then the second one will come out. They're going to be weekly installments on the website. So Damn. go... Um, it's it's super feminist and he told me when he wanted me to write for this he goes Pam you know I really want you to write something cool but like I don't want it to be political and I'm like okay cool so he says like you know make it in the future with like aliens or some shit and I'm like alright I'll put a story but of course it's completely political it's completely yeah. feminist I was gonna say the women in the future only have three choices a sexer a breeder or a host and then one of them sort nothing of breaks political out and about that. nothing political about that not at all in the year 2220 it's after the water years the water wars of 2121 so there's I've got some weird details that are kind of come out. There's Damn. no cats left in the world because Uh-oh. they were all the first alien invasion thought the cats, they were like the perfect food source for them. So the any cats. Sounds on, like on utopia Earth, now. But that's for me, it's the worst, right? But, so these girls have no idea what cats are and one of them finds a book. Anyways, it's, I mix, she's like, a book? They had, they had books? It's very, it's, it's very futuristic and, and weird, but it's totally political. Women don't know how to read. Imagine that. Um, <laughs> just like black Just like, yeah, day. just like now. Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the AltCast today. Thank you so much, Matthew Quirk, for Thank being here. You, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Hey, thanks for Thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, coming up next, some call me Tim special guest, Alyssa Westerlund. Yeah! Some call me Tim. We talk about uh, what people believe in, whether that be God, gods, cats, aliens, conspiracy theories, the hatred of men, the loving of men, the not wearing of bras, the, the, the acceptance of culture, whatever. We're just going to talk. We talk for an hour. It's a lot of fun. And hopefully... At 3 o'clock, I'm going to have Halpy Klein in. He's from Pittsburgh Magazine, a buddy of mine from college. He writes for Food Magazine now. Oh, sweet. And uh, talk to him on You Put Your Weed in There. Talk to him about uh, cooking, food, and weed. Hopefully, he'll be here at 3 o'clock. So, thanks again for everybody for being here on the AltaCast. Uh, we'll see you. I won't see you for the two weeks. She'll be gone in Cabo. I'm going to be she in Cabo. She's going to come back out. black. I'm going to come back <laughs> tan. I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew, so I tan pretty well. Mm-hmm. You know, she I don't like freckle and burn. I, I sort of burn and then tan. Hand. I freckle and burn. So yeah, I, what's that I'm, like? I'm lucky. I know that too. We got the two gingers in the house in the hizzy. I used to dye my hair red because I wanted to be one of your people. Uh, I know. But cultural I, appropriation. Cultural appropriation. For years I did it. I was Does a terrible. Does the collar person. match the cuff? Yeah, it just it it, it Love didn't me at some all. Redheads. Uh, thanks goes for being here. Uh, stay tuned for some call me Tim. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship. 
as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Looking for a personal injury lawyer in San Francisco, look no further than Francis J. Shaheda. Mr. Shaheda did an amazing job with my case. First, he informed the courts about my case that had not been scheduled or submitted yet, despite the language on the citation. I was so confused and afraid of the legal system, but he did it all for me. He communicated promptly via email with any of my questions. I was afraid of an enormous fine for a small infraction, as well as a criminal offense on my record, but he spoke to the DA to have my case removed from criminal court and put into the community court system. I am so overwhelmingly happy with the results he generated and would recommend him to anyone with legal issues. This is a personal first-person narrative because Francis J. Shaheda helped me personally, helped Mutiny Radio go to him for personal injury issues. You can email him at www.personalinjuryattorney.com fjs.com again the law office of francis j shaheda in san francisco do you need 
an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! The Night Space brings you high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time Volume 1 now available on Amazon.